Welcome to this episode. Today I have another interview guest who is Jess Carr, originally from Australia and now lives in Singapore. I'm super excited. We are speaking about becoming an effortless achiever. Hello and welcome to the Successful, Sensitive and Intuitive Entrepreneur podcast. My name is Lydia Sophia Wilmsen and I am an intuitive success mentor for sensitive entrepreneurs. In this podcast, I speak about the challenges sensitive and intuitive entrepreneurs face. I offer you new perspectives and solutions, as well as experiences of other entrepreneurs. Plus, I speak about my personal experience of being a highly sensitive person who has successfully built and scaled two businesses. All of that with the goal to make you and your business even more successful in your very unique and authentic way. Have fun and enjoy. So please introduce yourself, dear Jess. Thank you, Lydia. It's a um, real pleasure to be here as new friends and to kind of share my bit of my journey with you. So I guess my story is probably a little bit different to some of the things that you normally talk about in that I'm in corporate and a leader of a team across Asia Pacific in the corporate world. And I've my whole career thus far has been in the corporate world. So I guess a little bit of a quick snapshot to bring you up to where we are today. But um, I actually finished high school, then went to university in Australia, and I studied interior design and architecture. Nice. And then from there, I have actually had a bit of a varied career. And I've moved from working in architecture to working in interior design to working for a furniture company. And now I work for a global facility management company. But what my specialty really is in is in workplace, workplace design, but more workplace strategy mm -hmm. and really trying to, I guess right now, um, as we are, you know, a lot of companies are in flux and trying to figure out what should the new world of work look like and how much should people work from home, how much should they work in the office. Mm -hmm. and, and I do that in a global team, but I manage the Asia-Pacific part of the business of that. Mm -hmm. So that's, I guess, a little bit of my career journey. And uh, yeah, and so that's landed me in Singapore. So I moved mm -hmm. to Singapore about five years ago with that uh, kind of career journey uh, to mm -hmm. land where I am here today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's super interesting. I didn't know this about the interior design and architecture. I just moved places. So perhaps later on, I can give you a tour and say like, what should I do? No, I'm just joking. So yeah, you're in corporate and you already mentioned a bit that you still have a very entrepreneurial role in there. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? What does this mean? Because it's so funny, like, let me just say something about that. It's so funny because we usually divide into like, that's corporate and that's business. But actually, you know, there is also lots of similar mindsets in there, especially in roles like you have, like we only focus on, oh, that's a very different mindset, entrepreneurial mindset, and this is corporate mindset. So I think it will be super interesting to hear from you today how they actually fit together as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's been a question that I think my whole career I've been slowly chipping away at trying to answer. So at the moment, what I do is I'm the managing director for a corporate, a workplace consultancy group across APAC. Mm -hmm. And that is what we call a corp up, which is really just corporate jargon for a startup within the corporate world. So it's really bringing that kind of entrepreneurial mindset to the, to the corporate world and to big you know, your big, slow organizations, it's a way of kind of bringing in that kind of entrepreneurial spirit, that kind of hustler mindset into, you know, create something new and different for them and, and really get that kind of going. 
interestingly, on my journey, I have, where, and as I said, I started in interior design and architecture. I've had this kind of journey where I've been trying to get closer to the person. So I started in architecture. Mm-hmm. I moved into interior design. I moved to furniture to really understand that kind of micro about how corporate commercial office furniture actually interacts with persons. And within that, within that organization, I built the first uh, business club lounge uh, in Australia of its kind. And I built the whole business behind it and, and um, you know, working out how we were actually going to bring this idea to life. And I think that was my first real foray into being entrepreneurial in a large corporate. And then from there, I kind of went, well, this is what I like to do. And, and coming from architecture, I like to build things. Mm-hmm. So I went from there to then into the workplace strategy and helping um, clients kind of figure out, you know, how they needed their workplace to look, the right numbers of people and, you know, the right types of spaces to support the type of work that they wanted to do. And that was really, you know, starting to get closer and closer to the people. And and now in the role that I'm in now, it's again back to building a business. And so Mm -hmm. for me, it comes back to that same architecture thing of building something, Mm -hmm. but also doing it in a way that's really connected towards people. And I think in the future, what my next move is going to be is actually going into be building my own businesses and, again, coming around, kind of helping individuals really align to who they really are and, and kind of create what it is that they want to create. I don't have any concreteness around what mm-hmm. exactly that is at this point in time, but I can kind of feel that that's kind of in the next five years that will be the, the next kind of career trajectory and, and, and shift for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds super interesting. And you obviously now have so many skills just from working in business and in big corporate businesses. Like, yeah, this will help you massively, I guess, in creating your own business with all this background knowledge. I would be interested a little bit because you said like hustle culture, you mentioned that word, and I basically stand for helping business owners not creating hustle and, you know, the rat race. And instead, how can you create massive income, massive purpose and impact in the world? However, with, you know, like massive achievement, but with lots of time for yourself and lots of freedom, lots of quiet time. So I'm helping business owners who have all the freedom for themselves to do that, you know, but you're working in corporate and you help them there to become effortless and stay achievers, but have this more quietness or this more relaxedness about them. How do you do that there? I see this as even more challenging. Yeah. So, well, I guess if I go back to my journey and and my story, when I was, as with all of these things, I think it always starts with your own personal journey. But when I went from architecture to interior design and then I ended up working for this furniture company. The first thing is, you know, there's a lot of what I call grace or luck in life that I don't believe is entirely per chance. I do very much believe that we do create our own future and our own way of the world and opportunities coming to us. But at the time, I had absolutely no idea how it was. So it was through a chance conversation and through a, a lunch that I ended up finding out about this job to go work for this furniture company. And, and so I just went on this ride and it seemed like the most exciting thing to do, to move cities, to to go and take this new job. I didn't really know what it was that I was going to be doing when I got there, but it, you know, it was, a, it felt like the right thing to do. And it, it, my inner being, if you like, really was just like, you need to go and you need to follow this particular path. So I did. And off I went and I moved um, from one city to another city in Australia. And and as throughout that journey, 
it was huge growth for me. And I noticed that I didn't kind of keep up to speed with the growth that was happening. And so inside I was starting to feel a lot of anxiety and I was starting to feel quite overwhelmed by the task that was ahead of me because I felt like I wasn't qualified or I didn't know enough. Or when I like to take leaps and jumps, I tend to take quite large leaps and jumps. And I'm excited to go there and my my inner being is drawing me into these situations. And But once I get there, I sort of start to feel like maybe I don't deserve to be here or maybe I, I'm not smart enough or um, maybe I don't really know what I'm doing. And, and this kind of track that was going on in my head really started, um, mm. uh, you know, this was about 10 years ago when I had made that leap um, to go and move to, to Sydney to, to work for this company. And then the opportunity to create this business club lounge came up and I was so excited about it and I really threw myself in 110% into trying to make this thing work and and, um, trying to understand how to make it work and, and really wanting it so desperately to be a success that I burnt out. Like I just completely, I ended up disconnecting myself from the support network around me and I started to go inwards and I started to, you know, probably fall into a little bit of a depression, but it was just because every day I felt completely out of my depth, completely overwhelmed and didn't know how to ask for help, didn't know how to deal with it, didn't know how to really try and put some perspective around what I was actually going through at the time. Yeah. That was the start for me of really starting to do some inner work and some and looking for the answers. I started going and doing some, you know, personal development courses and, uh, you know, some coaching. I had some coaching courses and that, and that I le- ended up learning quite a few significant tools that really helped me start to kind of shift those mindsets. And I'd like to say that, oh, yeah, and then I was fixed and it was wonderful, <laughs> uh, but that's not how it happened. I ended up, I ended up uh, burning out. And having to leave the corporate world. But I'll, I'll just tell you the little story mm. about how that happened because it, it's actually quite a beautiful story. And a friend of mine tells me to this day it's something that that kind of sticks with her. But so my friend was in town um, and we went out for dinner mm-hmm. and I and she works with me or she worked with me at that point in time. And we were, I was just saying to her, look, I feel really overwhelmed. I feel really kind of burnt out. I don't know how to ask for help. I don't know how to fix this, I, you know, all this sort of stuff. And she she said to me, we were sitting in a restaurant, she was like, okay, well, what do you want to do? And I said, look, I think I need to go on a six-week holiday, like take a good chunk of time to just go and reset myself. And so anyway, we go into this restaurant and we're sitting down and, and, and I said, you know, I want to take this six weeks or whatever. And she goes, oh, okay. And what are you going to do? Like as in what are you going to do on your six-week holiday? And I went into this existential crisis. I'm sitting there and just, I just seriously, I started hyperventilating and broke down. And I was just like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I was having this complete freak out in the middle of this restaurant. <laughs> and oh, it was, it was an incredible experience, very visceral to this day, because I could actually feel like I was splitting in two. Mm-hmm. And I could hear this entirely separate voice mm-hmm. in the back of my head that was, so calm and so clear and it wasn't my friend she was sitting there next to me going oh shit what are we gonna do <laughs> and I'm sitting there and, and and like outwardly I'm just like I don't know okay and I got myself together enough to get out my wallet pay and so that we could leave the restaurant 
But inside this voice is just going, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Take a few deep breaths, pay the man, walk outside. You'll be fine. Like there's just real, and it was my voice, but it was just really calm. Well, outwardly, I'm like freaking out. Anyway, we, we leave the restaurant. And we go down, we're sitting on Bondi Beach in Sydney um, mm-hmm. and we're sitting down on Bondi Beach and bless my friend, she just sat with me and she said, put your hands in the sand, just relax. You know, she talked me through a whole mm-hmm. relaxing sequence, oh. said listen to the ocean and then she just started to say like what do you hear, what do you, you know, what do you smell and all I could say to her was love and freedom and all of these kind of feelings that I could feel from the ocean and Mm. I could feel from the sound because sand because I was incredibly grounded in that moment and then she said okay now that you're calm what are you going to do and I went I have to go I have to leave and not not in a six-week kind of way but in a I'm done here my work is done here and I have Mm. other things that I need to go and do and part of what like the project was only 98% or let's say 95% complete and so there was this whole part of me that was like I can't leave this. It's my baby. I've been working on it for the last two years. It's really important. I'll let everybody down. Like all of this kind of now I realise very unhelpful chatter was going through my mind and just in that one split second moment when I was true to myself and true to what I really needed to do, the energy that flowed through me was just incredible. Yeah. And I got up and I started doing cartwheels down the beach and I went, oh, my God, I'm one of those crazy people that have absolutely lost it. <laughs> but it was just this really divine yeah. moment where I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was making the right decision yeah. for me and all of that I should do this or I should do that or I'm letting people down or all this external chatter just disappeared. Yeah because I'd made a decision that was right for me. And that really was the catalyst, I think, in my journey to start to understand that I need to find a way to tap into that Mm -hmm. and to tap into finding a way to be able to achieve things but not do it in a way that's going to be overwhelming And because because I get into a state that's not helpful for the business, it's not helpful Mm -hmm. for me. So, you know, really needing to let that go. What a beautiful story. And also like goosebump story. Like this, it really sounds sounds like an awakening story or something where, yeah, it's difficult to say what brought it to you, you know? Like how did it happen? Why did it happen to you? What was that? It's probably we will never know. I've thought of a lot about that moment. Yeah. Knowing what I know today and yeah. looking back on that moment, I've thought a lot about what actually made that moment come about. Yeah. And two things. One, I actually, my friend got me calm enough to actually be able to listen to myself. Mm. And I allowed what I really, truly, desperately wanted and felt, I allowed that to come through. Yeah. And I allowed that to be voiced and I allowed that to be okay. And then as swiftly as you could, my friend said, that's fine, I'll support you. She goes, I will go and have the conversation with our boss so you don't have to have the conversation because that's what I said to her. I don't think that I could have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And so she supported me to make that change happen. And I'm not kidding. In a week I was I was gone. I you yeah. know, packed up my house and everything. And, and I said that I was coming back in two months, but I knew that I wasn't and I knew that in that moment. So another little bit of fun side for this story is I actually then went back to my hometown And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know, am I going to get another job? Like I'm burnt out. What am I going to do? And I used all of the tools that I had learned about calming down and and really kind of listening to myself and just being okay with it and just allowing whatever was going to come through to come Mm. through. 
and I ended up meeting my husband. And it was another one of these complete divine moments. Like I, I was like, I'm, I'm the woman who married a scuba diving instructor. And <laughs> it's been the most blissful seven years since. And now we've got three beautiful children and we live in Singapore. And it was, again, it was a divine moment. And I, you know, I've then been searching since these moments, I've been searching for how was I a player in those divine moments to come through? And how can I have more of those divine moments mm. throughout life? But also how can I function I keep going back into the corporate world. And so how can I continue to keep functioning with your everyday stresses and your everyday things and do it in an optimal way and achieve things without feeling Mm. overwhelmed? Mm. Yeah. 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 So I think there is lots of gold there. And I would like to summarize a little bit with you again, what you already mentioned and perhaps what else is there. Like there's bringing about those moments. You said, yeah. We are, or I too am a firm believer now that we do create our reality, that we are, how did you say it, like divine players, or we support the divine, or we co-create, or whatever we want to say. And you mentioned that you gave up resistance somehow, so you stepped into allowing, and you said basically the grounding effect, the, you know, like just whatever, you know, ground, visceral feelings, like go into feeling your body, the embodiment stuff. And now, like, what else? What else is there? Are those the main ingredients, especially for people who so long for that? You know, like, of course, my clients, I teach them lots of stuff, how to do that. And just the people who listen to the podcast and think like, yeah, but how do I do that? Mm. What would be looking back now and also how you apply it in your day-to-day life, as you already said, in corporate now, what would be main factors that you can give as kind of tips to people to step more in that? Absolutely. I'll just I'll just take you on just a little bit further forward in that kind of timeline because I think from there that was the beginning of the questioning and the there is something bigger at play here and how do I how do I be a part of that? So then what happened? I had my first baby with with my new husband um, and I wanted to go back to work. I then learnt and believe that I'm a better mother because I work and that's a really big thing for me. I'm an advocate of mothers that want to work. You know, it's really important. It's part of our our own kind of health. And so that was part of my learning as well. I had to kind of learn that. And then an opportunity, again, just arise to come to Singapore. And again, it was another one of these divine moments, which was, okay, within 24 hours, we negotiated the package and we were off, you know, we were packing bags and getting ready to move my entire life and my husband and and my new baby to Singapore, which is a country I had visited once, but I had never worked here. I'd never, you know, so again, it was another one of these really big leaps mm. that I was taking. But again, within, within me, my, my inner being was saying, you've got to go, like, this is exciting, right? So, but then when I landed within two weeks, my boss, who I'd come to go work with, left And then half my team left. And then I sat there looking around just going, I don't know what I'm doing. I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. I've moved my family halfway, not halfway around the world, actually, yeah, halfway across the world. And now I'm sitting here and I don't know what I'm doing every day and I feel overwhelmed again. And so then this started the cycle again. And so then I've spent the next two years. So I did that for 18 months, two years. And then again, the call came from my inner being with another job opportunity to jump uh, again, another level. And so I took that. And so I jump in deep end again. And again, the overwhelm started to come back. And this real, like, to the point, like, Lydia, just to paint this picture for you, I remember spending an hour fussing over how to write an email to a client about nothing. It wasn't a thing about billing or contract or, you know, needing to to change something quite significant. It was just like a, 
hey, here's the report I promised last week. Like, and I was fussing over the right way oh. of right. And I just went, this has got to stop. Like, yeah. And inside, I was waking up in cold sweats um, when I would wake up in the morning, just going, I don't know what I'm doing. The client's going to think this is stupid. They're going to hate me. Like, I, you know, I'm going to ruin everything. Like this kind of, this is what was going on for me. And you can imagine all of the hard work and effort that I was having to put into my day-to-day work to actually compensate yeah. that. And I think if you ask people around me that were working with me at the time, they would say, yeah, we would see glimpses of a bit of a stress jest, but I mean, you know, everyone gets stressed from time to time, but I was stressed all of the time and I was waking up every night. I just went, this is ridiculous. I've got to find a better way. And so through that, what I actually ended up discovering was what I call the five steps to effortless achieving. Um, Tell us more. (laughs) Because, because, Because I know it's a long winded story to kind of get here, but I think it's really important to kind of talk about the divine moments that I'd experienced. And so I had this real I'm going to call it a two-speed experience where my inner being is like charging ahead mm-hmm. and then my outer Jess is just going, oh, I can't catch up, you know, like I just, I just, I just, you know, like I'm panicking about writing a freaking email and I'm spending an hour trying to fuss over the sentence structure of something that does not matter. And you just like, and this inner turmoil, right? And I was just like, so anyway, so what I've realised is there are a couple of things. One, the perfectionism and control needs to go. You need to find ways to trust and allow not only in your own ability, but in the universe's ability to deliver as well. So I spent a lot of time looking at control and looking at achievement and achievement connected to my own self-worth. So I actually ended up divorcing myself from the need like that achievement was tied to my self-worth. I still love achieving because I love building things. I love seeing the fruits of my labor as Mm -hmm. it would be. But yeah, it just does not need to be nearly as hard as it is. And if I don't achieve that thing, I'm still a worthy person. I love that. And that I think is one of the major fundamental things that I did. And I guess um, when just to talk about my five steps to achieving, Mm -hmm there was a process that I went through to actually get there. And the first thing that I noticed is when my head starts running is to just take the pressure off. That's the very, very first thing to do. And take the pressure off emotionally, take the pressure off mentally, take the pressure off physically, whatever it needs to be. So if I want to take the pressure off mentally, it'll be things like, you know, talking to myself about, I'm doing a good job. I'm doing the best that I can. Like really just checking in with how how mean am I being to myself? Like how hard on myself am I actually mm-hmm. being about this thing? And getting a little bit of perspective around mm-hmm. that. Physically, it could just be things like I can't think about this right now, so I'm going to push out a deadline or I'm going to look at my calendar and pick the couple of meetings that I don't actually need to attend or they're not mission critical for today. So mm-hmm. what can I actually push out to tomorrow? Yeah. And so I do that. So you get a day where you can get some headspace back so that mm-hmm. you can start to change the mental mm-hmm. way. And then the emotional stuff is really, um, you know, there's there's a lot of processes and I'm sure you teach your, uh, your coaching clients this, but just the energy processes, like trying to understand, so where is the feeling in my body? Where is the pressure? Is it in my chest? Is it in my shoulder? If it had a color, what color would I make it? If it was, you know, if it had texture, what texture would it have? And then really just kind of focusing on moving that out. And that's just like, for me, that was the first step. And 
then going, and as Abraham Hicks talks about, going general. And really then once you can start to get a little bit of pressure starting Mm -hmm. to, whether it's physically, mentally or emotionally, then you can start to go a bit general and say, well, things are always working out for me. You know, Mm -hmm. life is long. No matter what everyone tells you, everything has to be done by tomorrow. It's like, no, life is long. No, this may fail. It may not. And that's okay. Like I can, I'm sure I can figure this out. I'm smart and I've got connections and I can, you know, together we can work things out. And so, you know, that was kind of, I think, one of the biggest things is once I kind of mastered being able to do that, I started to have the capability to be able to step back and say, right, what is really going on here? And not making decisions from not making oh, well. decisions yeah, from, from a low point, like quite a number of times when I've been completely overwhelmed, I want to run away, right? Like I want to just cut and run like I did in Sydney and I'm like, that's not going to work anymore, you know? Like that's that's not the healthy way to do it. And so I just made a deal with myself that I don't make life-changing decisions when I'm in a bad mood. Um, <laughs> Love that. <laughs> so we have to do, the, have to do the, the take the pressure off and then from there with a clear head start to look at sort of what the what the next steps forward are that would be two two then point number two yeah so you know step two is then well actually step two is then really starting to kind of step back and have a little bit of a look and and get a better perspective Mm -hmm. um on what it is that you're you're um Mm -hmm. you know you're trying to achieve Mm -hmm. and then um you know step three then once you've actually got a little bit of perspective is to start to look at well what's in your way so Mm -hmm. What was it that I was freaking out about? So once you've got the breather room and you can step back and you can say, okay, well, what's the big vision going on here? Well, do I, and then you start asking, so, sorry, I'm still at step two. Don't want to confuse everybody. <laughs> um, but still at step two, you're sitting there and you're like, you're there going, okay, well, what do I want the future to look like? What are the questions that I want to ask myself? Am I still doing the right thing that I want to be doing right now? Mm-hmm. And if your inner being can start talking to you and you allow it to talk to you, which is, yes, you are doing the right thing. Yes, you are, you know, in the right place, et cetera. Then you can start to, like, you, you write down the things you kind of know and, and what the vision that you're trying to, to kind of convey is. Then in your step three, you really go, okay, well, what's in the way? What are the things that are holding me back? So what were all of the conversations that I was having with myself as I was falling into overwhelm, like I'm not good enough, I don't know enough, I don't have enough help, I don't, if I don't achieve this thing, and this was a big one, is if I don't achieve this thing, am I worth anything? Is my only worth, you know, if I achieve this? And so I really started to look into that and break the cords, if you like, Mm. around those perspectives and and really started to to shift the perspectives around the the way that I saw that, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's, I think, often what people forget. How can I escape the situation? Not understanding as long as those cords are still together and not divorced. So to say, as you said before, you will just recreate the same situation. So it's so important to actually get to this point. But you have, as you said already, you first have to be in a mentally, emotionally and physically better space to actually do that work. Like when you're totally out, totally done, you also can't do a, like that kind of heavy work. You need to be in a better space and then you can look at those things and dissolve them, release them. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. And that, and that for me is the key thing. Even today, mm. whilst I, I don't have, so here's hope for people. <laughs> um, for all of that constant anxiety that I used to feel, I don't have that anymore. I just, I, even though there's things that are stressful that are going on at work and that, I don't wake up in the middle of the night going, 
for yeah. what seemingly is no reason, but I just don't have that visceral reaction anymore. It's just not in my, it's not in my system anymore. And that's amazing because it allows me to really approach new challenges with with ease you know so it's not effortless achieving is not it's not it's effortless it's not effort none you know I still have to action things and I still have to go and do things but what's really interesting is every time you level up you're going to have a new set of challenges that are holding you down but what I don't have anymore is the anxiety about that I don't have that kind of crippling I want to hide under the covers every day instead of getting up and putting on my big girl pants and going to work, you know. Mm. That's also such an important point because so many people are looking for, like, I don't want to have problems anymore at all. I don't want to have challenges anymore. They think a life of ease means, I don't know, that you're just those early pictures of, of paradise. You're not moving anymore. People put food into your mouth, but who wants that? Like, we want to do things. We want to move our bodies. So, yeah, it's not about nothing happening in your life anymore it's more as you said the anxiety is gone and the feelings around oh my goodness I can't do this I'm not worthy and all of that shit is gone and that is so important to to make this difference yeah yeah absolutely and I think um you know the work as they call it around really examining your beliefs and examining your identity um you know it's really interesting just even even recently as a um a level up for me is that I changed my haircut And it's something I wanted to do and it's something, it was something simple and I had a very similar haircut before. So like people on the outside are like, what are you talking about? Your haircut was almost the same. But for me, it was really symbolic. It was, it was really something that was representative of me and I work in corporate and I've had shaved sides of my head and now I've got this pixie cut that's, that's blonde and, you know, it's peroxided out and, my, I mean, my husband told me that this haircut is actually probably more conventional than my um, my undercut that I had um, before. But for me, I think it was this was bright and bold and really stood out. And I'm also a white lady in Asia. So I also stand out because of that. And I'm loud in my personality. Mm. So, you know, it, it, that identity shift it, on the outside, it, it would have looked like that was really easy for me to make. Mm. But it wasn't because it, for me it was about doing something that I really wanted to do and not caring about what someone on the outside would think. But for me to catch up with that identity shift, it was a significant kind of change. And if yeah. at the basis of all permanent change, you need to change your identity. You can change your beliefs. As you said before, you can change your environment but take beliefs mm. with you. Yes. If you change your beliefs, then you're getting halfway there. But if you change your identity, you, you live it you know it, you know it in your bones. Yeah. And so that's for me is part of the five steps of effortless achieving is mm-hmm. what you really want to get to, you want to get to a space with whatever it is that you want to achieve, that you know that that thing is going to come to pass. Whether you fail along the way, whether you deviate, whether you take different paths, that ultimately you know that this in your bones, that this is the right thing to do. And it's it's going to come to pass. And I think going I just I think going back to the story about when I met my husband. So I've just had a breakdown. I've come home to my hometown. I'm I'm hanging out with my dad, living at his place um, for I wasn't there very long. And then I met my now husband. Everybody had thought I'd gone completely mad. They're like, you've just had this mental breakdown. And now you've met this guy and you're gonna move in with him and have a baby with him. Like, what you've completely lost. Yeah, 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 you completely lost your mind. But I can tell you what, it was 
one of the few decisions in my life, there is no amount of talking me out of it. I absolutely knew with 100% of my body and my soul that it was right for me and nobody, nobody at all could talk me out of that. And that's one of these really kind of key things to effortless achieving is to figure out how to talk to your inner being so that you... Yeah, so that you know, you absolutely know what that outcome is. And you can still have resistance to the idea. So this is where your beliefs come, oh, it's like, oh, maybe I couldn't do that. Or maybe if you work at those beliefs, all of a sudden you'll click into the place where you're just like, I absolutely know that that's for me. Yeah, love that. Okay, and then number five? Well, it's just to continually allow it, you know, and to really, you know, that thing of, you're always going to grow. And as you said before, you're going to come up against things that you might not think that you can do and that you will have beliefs about, I, you know, I can't do it. I don't have enough resources. I don't have enough, you know, time, whatever it might be. Um, I'm not smart enough, like whatever, it might fail. But if you change those perspectives and you have a little bit of faith in the grace of the universe, you know, and once you know, no one can talk you off your game. You know, mm. if people can tell you it's a bad idea, but if you know it's right for you, it will work out and, and it will be the right thing for you. Yeah. Mm. I love that. How would you phrase this or what would you say to people? Because I totally understand where you're coming from. Like major life decisions were exactly that, as you said, like full knowing this is it, even though it's some of those things were even kind of crazy to me or kind of like, what's going on, but I just follow through. And um, for people who, who don't trust themselves as much, where they easily get or have other people get in their way, or they don't even know, like, is this my, my inner voice speaking? What is this? What would you say to those people who don't have this crazy trust and inner knowingness or haven't gotten there yet? What would you tell them? I didn't always have it. Uh, you know, I'm I'm very analytical and I'm very mm. logical minded. And it's just like, what do you, you know, wh what do you mean trust, like trust your inner being? It's like, no, I've got to be in control, right? What it's a process. It really and truly, I mean, there are lots of ways to do it. I mean, journaling, journaling for me is the way that I speak to my inner being. So mm. I can, and it's after now, after a couple of years that I can actually discern the difference between when I'm talking and when my inner being's talking. And I've learned the subtlety of knowing when something's right for me versus thinking that it's a way out, you know, and thinking, oh, that's the right decision because it's a way out, right? And again, I come back to one hint, don't make life-changing decisions when you're in a bad mood. Yeah. So, I know for some people they go, I've had enough, that's the end of it, and then they you know, walk out, you know, and then my life was better from then on out. Maybe, but maybe it was when you actually got out that you had the space and the time to calm down and get into a good space and then you went, right, what am I going to build from here on out? Mm -hmm. And that was the point that was positive and that was mm -hmm. the point where you were doing the right thing by your inner being. For me, Yeah, so I think that was the kind of really important is you've just got to listen mm. and you've got to sit quietly and you have to give yourself the time and the space to, to be able to do it. Mm. I mean, I, I'm a mum of three babies and I'm in a corporate career and, you know, life is busy and, and I don't have a lot of time and stuff, but I, I make the time, you know. I, I take that 15 minutes before I go to bed 
and sit and journal just so I can listen to myself. And I tell you what, the days when I don't do it, I know, you know, like, and, I, and I've got I've got kids coming in and waking me up at stupid o'clock in the morning, and you know, <laughs> you know so I don't I don't I don't have time to do it in the morning. But I know that at night time that there is that little fifteen minute window yeah. that is mine and mine alone. So. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think this is a very different episode because today it's more about really sharing your experience and sharing like different steps in your journey. And this gives so much value to others to, I think, find themselves in parts of your journey because we have all, like many of us have been there in burnout and having some kind of awakening moments in, in times when we didn't expect it at all, you know, or also this this part where you said like wanting to have control and it's actually the opposite like once you manage and this is why I think actually um those breakdown moments for many people are actually the change you know some people or many of us we we almost need this because otherwise we would never get out of this you know like functioning mode and we actually like our we need our bodies and our mind and our emotions like to collapse in order to come to that point where we Yeah, we surrender. We can't do anymore. Our body doesn't get up. Like it doesn't work anymore. And this yeah. very often for people actually is a lifeline. So yeah, just talking to you today, I think burnout for people, yeah, even though it's horrible, for many people it might, if they take the chance, be actually yeah, a way to change to, to a better life. The the one thing the one thing I add to that is that particularly when I was going through a lot of, you know, falling into that dark spiral, the the phrase of Sometimes things need to fall apart to be built back better always rang through for me. So even in my moments of going, but it'll all fall apart if I let it go, like that trying to control every little aspect of things, sometimes things need to fall apart to be built back. So, yeah. you know, that's something to definitely think about. Yeah, I love that. And perhaps the last thought for today, because there was so much, so much value in there already, um, obviously, you are in, in a different, like in corporate, so you don't have probably as much input or, or like on your financial settings. You have the money you get and all of that. So it's not similar to being an entrepreneur where you create your financial reality. However, you have made big leaps and you also want to go perhaps at some point full entrepreneurial yourself. What can you say when it comes to finances and you have made big steps? You know, you moved your whole family to a different continent, like different country. Can you give us anything around financial mindset with this idea of effortless achieving? So, well, while in the corporate, I don't, for me personally, it's a take-home salary with bonus, right? So mm -hmm. I still have to achieve what I need to to get my bonuses. However, part of my role is business development and making sure that we're getting enough consulting projects to actually come in. Mm -hmm. So even around that, You know, that's trying to win work and that's you know, very similar. Yeah. Um, what I would say is that I'm very clear about the number and I'm very clear about what needs to be done to get the number, but what the number is and then what uh, I guess the work looks like that matches the number, particularly mm -hmm. in what I'm talking about, right? So, I've, you know, I know what a $40,000 consulting mission looks like. I know what a $100,000 consulting mission looks like. Mm -hmm. And then, honestly, It's really about looking at what scares me about that. Mm. What scares me about more clients coming in? Oh, it's going to be the same things. Who's going to deliver it? What time frame are we going to be able to deliver it in? Are we going to do a good job for the client? Um, you know, are they going to be a satisfied? Are they going to be a good client? All those things. So you go and you belief tree or um, you know, the different processes that you have to actually go and 
change your perspective on each of those beliefs and that's where the effortless comes in because the effort that's involved, I could do two things. One, I could go out and I could door knock every client trying to find work and trying to get work and I could put all the hard work and action effort into doing that. Or I could do the inner work first and go and spend a day or so going through, figuring out what we want to achieve, going through and invalidating and and changing the perspectives on all of those things Mm. to make it feel effortless. And then I'm going to go out and I'm going to talk to each of these clients, not with desperation, but I'm going to talk to them with excitement and about helping them to solve their problem because I'm not scared if we win the project that we're going to fail or that um, I'm not going to have the people to do it, et cetera. So we go through that and that's how the work comes flooding in. Mm. Oh, I love that. It's super interesting because I, I wasn't sure if to even uh, mention this question. And that's a beautiful, like beautiful insight knowledge from, from a different branch that applies so well, like perfectly, it applies perfectly to, to business owners. So thank you. Super cool. Any last tips, any last things you want to share with us today, dear Jess? Uh, look, I think it's incredibly important that if you're feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling like you're heading towards burnout, that the very first thing that you do is to take the pressure off. Find both emotionally, physically and mentally. From there, you can start to have access to the part of you that has a bigger vision and that can help you find the solutions to whatever it is that you're facing. And then it's having the courage, after you've got that clarity, is having the courage to really look at, well, what are the beliefs or what are the perspectives that I have that make this feel like hard work? Is it that I think hard work is equated to achieving, which is therefore equated to my self-worth? Do I need to break down those connections and those perspectives so that work can be enjoyable and not hard work. Mm. So, you know, that's, I mean, ultimately that's what effortless achieving is about is, is removing those things that are in the way so that it feels exciting and you can, you can go after that big dream that you have and that your inner being is knocking on your door trying to, to kind of call out of you. Mm. Love that. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day and we will talk another time perhaps. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak. Did you like this podcast episode? Then I would be super, super grateful if you gave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Super helpful. And please subscribe to the podcast and share it with people who you know can benefit from it. You can find all links to my social media profiles, my website and contact form in the show notes. And whenever you're ready to take a next step, and that means you want to live a life of more on all levels, then send me a message with where you want to go and what is keeping you where you are, like what keeps you stuck at the moment. And then I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you for listening and until the next episode, much love to you, Lydia.